Pathways of wood planks have been used to facilitate traveling by foot for millennia. But in the past century and a half, these simple walkways have grown to carry the weight of an American cultural phenomenon, the boardwalk. If you're walking down a boardwalk in 2020, whether it be in Las Vegas, Disney World, Tokyo, or Atlantic City, you may observe an interesting relationship between nature and consumerism. That is, if there's any nature to be spotted. Wood planks have been used as the material of choice for walkways since Neolithic times. The oldest examples you can find are in the Somerset Levels, a coastal wetland plain in Somerset, England. The Sweet Track and the Post Track are a series of 5,000-year-old walkways that use locally sourced oak and ashwood to improve walking conditions for travelers through the swampy terrain. Today, we still find the use of wood and walking paths for the same utilitarian purposes. Hiking enthusiasts, no matter if they're on a local trail, in a state park, or even on a national project like the Appalachian Trail, would recognize that wood planks used in order to stabilize and standardize a hiking trail in difficult terrain are only used to provide a better experience for those walking through. The use of wood in this case is by no means the main attraction. It is secondary or even irrelevant in comparison to the surrounding natural environment. Philip and April Vanini, ethnographers based in British Columbia, write that, quote, walking simultaneously unsettles and reinforces the boundaries between nature and culture. Boardwalks clearly materialize this twofold effect, end quote. In the case of the suite and post tracks and other more modern wood hiking paths, humans use wood planks to manipulate and dominate nature in order to improve the experience of those walking through the natural setting. April and Philip Vanini, in this case, use the word boardwalk to refer to the use of wood to enhance hiking trails. However, their suggestion of a relationship between nature and culture can be translated to the many adaptations of the wood walkway that have popped up since its first application more than 5,000 years ago. Time has passed since Neolithic humans created the suite and post tracks, and the development of a consumer culture has pushed humans to continue to manipulate their environment to the point of unrecognizability, but a constant in the case of the contemporary boardwalk is the use of the wood plank. So with that being said, welcome to the boardwalk. Picture this. It's the summer of 1911. The hottest place to be if you're a middle-class American is Atlantic City, New Jersey. Crucial to the success of Atlantic City in the early 20th century was its seven-mile-long boardwalk that ran the entire length of Absecon Island. The boardwalk was first constructed as a seasonal appendage to the beach in 1870 and was built in an effort to help hotel owners keep sand out of their lobbies. Over the following half century, the Atlantic City Boardwalk would grow from a utilitarian feature reminiscent of Neolithic wood walkways to a commercial empire of amusement rides, shopping, restaurants, and more. The success of Atlantic City led the word boardwalk to first be coined in American English in 1881. The word was initially used to refer to Atlantic City as a seaside attraction. For Americans, Atlantic City became the quintessential boardwalk a place in which the natural seaside setting and modern forms of consumption were inseparable from the boardwalk experience. This atmosphere was best captured in film by Thomas A. Edison from 1901 to 1904. Short motion pictures such as Bathing at Atlantic City and Easter Sunday Atlantic City Boardwalk capture a period in Atlantic City's heyday that led it to gain the moniker of the world's playground. Tourists visiting the world's playground had their pick of the litter in terms of hotels, restaurants, and shopping all lining the boardwalk in close proximity to the amusement piers and sandy beaches that flank the ocean side. By 1874, over 500,000 Americans came by rail to Atlantic City every year. The city's first public lodging, the United States Hotel, 
housed over 2,000 guests and following construction, became the largest hotel in the nation. During the beginning of the 20th century, Atlantic City experienced a building boom that transformed the urban footprint of the resort destination. In 1930, the Claridge was the last large hotel built in the city for decades. Standing at 24 stories, it became known as the Skyscraper by the Sea. When you watch Edison's short films, you see people enjoying what both the beach and the boardwalk had to offer, suggesting the fact that Edison saw value in both the natural setting of the beach and consumption that distinguished the Atlantic City boardwalk. What a step into the world's playground makes clear is that nature and consumption are equally valuable to the textbook definition of the American boardwalk. After the 1920s, catastrophic events such as the Great Depression, the Great Atlantic Hurricane of 1944, and the Second World War rocked Atlantic City and in part ended its stint as the world's playground. Other cities down the East Coast made comebacks. Atlantic City, on the other hand, did not. Atlantic City's inability to recover as a prime resort destination can be partly attributed to the desegregation of the boardwalk and the rise of the suburb. Desegregation compounded the events of the 1930s and 40s. And Bryant Simon writes in his book, Boardwalk of Dreams, Atlantic City and the Fate of Urban America, that desegregation made, quote, the city's public spaces more open and democratic, and many middle-class Americans fled to suburban-style resorts such as Disney World, end quote. The fall of Atlantic City from the middle class's favor can be contextualized within larger American political themes, such as white flight and disinvestment in urban spaces. Even when the middle class lost interest in the quintessential American boardwalk, the idea of the boardwalk was so deeply ingrained in the American consciousness as a desirable destination that the concept no longer needed Atlantic City nor its natural setting to be successful. Following the abstraction of the boardwalk beyond site and locale, the concept manifested instead in cultural trends that dominated the American consciousness in the mid-20th century. Eternal sunshine, golden sand, and Pacific breezes. California was the place to be in the 1960s. But even when the West Coast became the nation's prime beachfront property, there still existed a widespread yearning for the highly commercialized aspects of the East Coast boardwalk. While the song Under the Boardwalk by the Drifters is often lumped in with a larger California music scene that includes bands like the Beach Boys, the lyrics of the song are neither about California nor its golden beaches. The song is an ode to the boardwalk of yesterday and describes a secret teenage hookup under the boardwalk at Coney Island. Despite being separated by merely a layer of wood planks, the beach below seems almost completely detached from life on the boardwalk above. The separation between boardwalk and the natural seaside setting leaves the couple alone to take in the sounds and smells of the boardwalk above. From the past you hear the happy sounds of a during the 1960s, Under the Boardwalk hit number four on the Billboard Hot 100, and the popularity of the song suggested that the nation's idea of the boardwalk aligned with the narrative told by the drifters. Although entertainment meccas like Walt Disney Resort and Las Vegas lack a natural seaside environment, you can still find settings that label themselves as boardwalks. These artificial boardwalks instead rely on the same imagery described in Under the Boardwalk by the Drifters. 
The happy sound of the carousel and the alluring smell of boardwalk food aid in materializing an environment that had been missing from middle-class suburban resorts since the death of the world's playground. By the late 20th century, the closest that Americans could come to experiencing the world's playground as captured by Edison nearly a century earlier was by checking out a room in Bay Lake, Florida or Paradise, Nevada. Disney's Boardwalk Resort opens in 1996 and MGM's Boardwalk Resort and Casino opened in 1997. Both advertised as providing an authentic early 20th century boardwalk experience, one comparable to Atlantic City and similar East Coast destinations like Coney Island. Although they lacked the natural setting of an East Coast seaside town, MGM and Disney validated their historical authenticity by making sure to build a walkway of wood planks that cut through their rides, restaurants, and shops. What Disney and MGM proved was that marketing an artificial version of the world's playground to the middle class can be highly profitable in the United States. The success of an abstract boardwalk, however, has not yet been realized internationally. When you look at examples of boardwalks abroad, you'd be hard-pressed to find one outside of a natural seaside or waterfront setting. Whether it's the Brighton Palace Pier in Brighton, England, the Promenade des Anglais in Nice, France, or Odaiba Island in Tokyo, Japan, boardwalks abroad have always championed the importance of nature to a boardwalk. Because the entirety of the Tokyo Bay shoreline had been consumed by commercial and residential structures, such as luxury apartments, office buildings, and ports, the governor of Tokyo looked to Odaiba Island as a promising site for commercial development. Despite being originally created for defensive purposes in the 1850s, its natural coastline provided a perfect landscape for a beachy boardwalk retreat from urban life. While the island houses rides, shops, and other commercial boardwalk fare, the island keeps a tight focus on the natural seaside setting it provides to Tokyoites. If you look beyond the borders of the United States, you won't find boardwalks compromise their natural setting in favor of consumption, in that regard, most closely resemble the world's playground. The idea that the boardwalk can be abstracted from nature is uniquely American. Despite the level of abstraction that some contemporary American boardwalks have embraced, boardwalks obviously still exist in seaside towns in the United States. So, how do these seaside boardwalks differ from the boardwalk that Atlantic City defined in the early 20th century? New Jersey is home to 18 of the oldest and most famous boardwalks in the nation, and a trip to the Garden State will for sure end with a purchase of a few daily beach passes. 98% of the beaches in New Jersey are open to the public, but in order to access them from one of the state's many boardwalks, you'll need to pay an entry fee. Because of this, the beach becomes just as much of a theater for consumption as the shops and restaurants that flank its boardwalk. In New Jersey, the beach is no longer something to enjoy for its beautiful seaside setting. In many cases, the beach seems like an afterthought to the commercial fair found along the state's boardwalks. The commercialization of the state's beaches alienates residents of New Jersey beach towns who find themselves responsible for buying a seasonal beach pass for an amenity their taxes help to maintain. Beaches across the country are often open dawn until dusk, but many of the nation's boardwalks remain open far later than the beaches that flank it. By designating a closing time for beaches, the environment is further removed from nature and reduced to the same conventions that guide the shops and restaurants that border it. Furthermore, closing the beaches but leaving the amusement piers open for consumption reinforces the idea that nature is secondary to the success and identity of a boardwalk. Cultural references of today articulate this idea as well. In the opening scene of the 2019 movie Us, the movie opens on the Santa Monica boardwalk at night. With a candy apple in hand, the young heroine experiences the boardwalk operating in full force. Lights are flashing, rides are running, and games are reeling in passersby. As a heroine makes her way onto the dark beach, viewers are struck by the unappealing nature of the Santa Monica shoreline in comparison to the boardwalk that interrupts it. Even as the little girl travels further into the darkness, 
Lights and sounds from the boardwalk are still prominent. The brightly illuminated roller coaster cuts deeply into the dark foreground. This imagery in the movie Us helps to articulate the idea that the natural surroundings of the American boardwalk are insignificant to the action taking place on its wood planks. The beach has fallen prey to the consumption that characterizes the strip of wood planks that runs alongside it. In 2020, the beach is just as lucrative for investors as the commercial fare along the boardwalk. While the utilitarian use of wood to enhance walking dates to Neolithic times, wood planks have gained cultural value as they became iconographic of the American boardwalk. Just as the boardwalk has become overwhelmed by commercialization, so have the wood planks that embody it. The boardwalk at Atlantic City at the turn of the 20th century used Atlantic white cedar, a long-lasting wood native to the South Jersey Pine Barrens nearby. As the region exhausted its supply of Atlantic white cedar, towns had to outsource cheap, long-lasting wood in order to maintain the commercial empire they had established. The wood of choice became ipe, or Brazilian walnut. However, there's an ethical dilemma. The harvest of Brazilian walnut has led to severe deforestation and habitat loss in South and Central America, and the continuous replacement of weathered and worn planks has compounded these environmental issues. Due to the unsustainability of imported wood, local authorities in beach towns have been forced to consider alternative materials. At Coney Island, the New York City Parks Department embraced concrete because of its ability to stand up to seaside conditions better than wood. New Yorkers pushed against this mandate on the grounds that the alteration would compromise the authenticity of the boardwalk and transform it into nothing more than a sidewalk in the concrete city that surrounds it. At many of today's boardwalks, the wood plank is all that remains of the original boardwalk at Atlantic City. The wood plank has been able to withstand the test of time due to the intensification of American consumerism, as it removed the wood plank from East Coast boardwalks and abstracted it into a symbol for an American cultural phenomenon. Despite the variety in boardwalks across the world, Americans describing a boardwalk are likely to paint a uniquely American scene. Amusement rides, junk food, music, and lights, all on the wood planks we've grown to know and love. Thank you for listening. This podcast was written and produced by Julia Young and Nicholas Petrinferno as a final project for cities, landscape, and contemporary culture, an urban landscape studies course taught by Jeffrey S. Nesbitt in the spring of 2020 at Northeastern University.